You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on the platform formerly known as Twitter, at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouette's Flight Deck is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff. We're right now at checkout. If you use the promo code Deck 10 you will save 10% off your entire order. Head on over to www.sportbuffshop.com, use the code, save some money, and be sure, as always, to support local. And don't worry if you've missed an episode of the Alouette's Flight Deck, because we have all of our episodes available in our archive, and that's over at www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can also follow us on Twitter at Alouette's FL Deck, uh, Facebook over at Alouette's Flight Deck Pod, Instagram, we are where we are doing uh, almost a weekly uh, flight deck live when there is a uh, game happening, or a, you know, we'll do a post game show. So you can follow us over at Instagram at Alouette's Flight Deck. You can also follow us on Threads, uh, also at Alouette's Flight Deck. YouTube, uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck, where you can check out all the archives of all of our live shows. They will be up ASAP as they are after they are done. And if you want, you can also head over to our merch store where you can support us uh, by potentially rocking the uh, the Cartoon Bird 56. Uh, head over to teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck. Well, what a perfect segue, because I've got to give a big shout out to our man Alex over at Piffle Podcast. Uh, Sunday, before the game, he tweeted or posted. Oh, Christ, I don't know what the hell they call it anymore. He put a photo <laughs> on this platform owned by Elon Musk, of himself rocking not only the retro Montreal Alouettes baseball cap, but also wearing the T-shirt of the cartoon Bird 56. So, and for one day, for one day, he said, I'm going to be an Alouettes fan and support you guys. So we definitely appreciate you, Alex. Uh, And it worked because, hey, the Alouettes won. Oops, spoiler. <laughs> so once again, thanks again, Alex, for everything. Uh, definitely appreciate you supporting us. And, you know, folks, if you haven't had a chance to check out the Piffles podcast, by all means do so. They they do great work, uh, you know, showing the love for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and uh, definitely give them a listen. It's always good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Now, the Alouettes came into this game on a three-game losing streak. Um, c- considering how strong the Eastern Division seems to be as of late, uh, so this was a game that the Alouettes really needed to win to get themselves back to, to back to 500 uh, and back into sole possession of uh, second place behind the undefeated Argonauts. Um, and they did just that, Cliff. Uh, they came away with a 25-18 win. Uh, it wasn't without its uh, inter- interesting uh, storyline, and we're not just talking about the game itself. Um, <laughs> but again, the Alouettes did come away with a win and uh, did was able to... Uh, uh, equal their record at three wins and three losses. Yeah, uh, as as I was saying uh, after the game, like this this game was bowling shoe ugly. It it was not pretty by any stretch of imagination. But you know what, folks, 
ugly wins count just as much in the standings. So you know what? You take the W. As I, as you said, the, the Alouettes are now three and three on the season. Uh, sole possession of second place because, yes, the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Hamilton Tiger Cats also have three wins, but they both have four losses. So as a result, the Alouettes back in second place and the Toronto Argonauts are starting to slowly creep away with this division because they have not lost a game yet this season. Six and oh right now is it's incredible. It's simply incredible just how the East is shaping up after years of middling to mediocre offerings from the from the Eastern teams. It's like this is actually starting to shape up to be a very formidable division uh, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we've joked, we don't we. Don't, we really can't say much about it now, but, you know, obviously the the, the, the infamous C word that's never happened in the Eastern Division uh, could actually happen this year. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. But it's 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 interesting. As I said, we'll we'll, we'll look more at the crossover once uh, the season starts, uh, regular season starts winding down. Um, I, first and foremost, I will say, Cliff, that I was completely wrong. You know, we get there, uh, you know, met a couple of my friends, and I was mentioning to, to people there in the stadium, and you know, just based off of, uh, of the potential uh, issue of, of rain at the time, uh, the day that it was at, uh, the time that it was at, too, because, you know, remember this, Alouette fans are not used to having uh, night games on a Sunday, and, and it's been years, years uh, ten plus years since the last time that they had a game uh, at night on a Sunday, a home game uh, on a Sunday night. Um, but you know what, dude, the fans showed up. I was really, really impressed. Uh, whether it was a cause of, of because they, there's still hype for the for the team itself, or there's also a combination that is because it is a, a construction holiday here in Quebec. Um, but still, dude, just under, shade under, 18,100 fans showed up for this game. And even with that that uh, that second rain delay that we've had so far this year uh, in Montreal, which I never thought I would ever say, most of them stayed for the entire game. They made noise. They they were boisterous. They they were rocking. Like It, it helps, too, because the Alouettes, truthfully, it, I mean, if you love defensive football— this was a game for you. Both teams definitely turned in a very solid defensive performance. But offensively, there was really, really not much to, to write home about. If you like field goals, this was definitely your game because both David Cote and Rene Paredes each kicked six field goals. Yeah, and I think it was and, uh, one shy of the CFL record, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for, combined yeah, uh, field, for combined field goals in a game. Yeah, and let's not forget, uh, Cote unfortunately missed the field goal, so he, there could have been he could they, they, the, the, these two teams could have tied that record had Cote had made it, but unfortunately uh, he, he bricked one of his, uh, his seven field goal attempts. Uh, still six for seven, that's still pretty good. I and mean, that, one, one, extra, and the, one uh, extra point too, which could have which easily could have cost the Alouettes at the end of the game, but did oh not. Boy. But did I mean, not. No, no, and, and my goodness. <laughs> It, it, it's really made for some very interesting football, uh, especially considering the fact that, as we said, the only touchdown that was scored was as a result of a pick six by the Alouettes. Mm-hmm. And we've got to talk about this because the uh, the the provider of said pick six is someone who we've been pretty pretty hard on, honestly, over the past couple of weeks. But 
Man, I don't know what the hell KB and Ento did on his uh, bye week. I don't know what side of whose bed he he woke up on, but my god, this is not the same KB and Ento we've been seeing for weeks now. Like this this dude came out to play, and he he played like he has something to prove, and and maybe he did. Maybe deep down he's been hearing, you know, the the whispers and you know idiots like us talking you know talking junk about him. And again, I won't say junk necessarily because I mean. We want him to succeed. We want everyone on the Alabas to succeed, but we got to call it as we see it. I mean, like, Kevin Ento was not playing his best football the past few weeks, but this past Sunday, holy jeez, did he ever come alive. And not only did he score that pick six, like, just read the mail from Jake Mayer and just took it all the way to the house, but even his, his tackling was on point. Uh, he, he was aggressive. He, he he got in everybody's face. I mean, he... He played with purpose. He looked absolutely outstanding. So I don't know what what the hell he did during his bye week. I don't know what he ate before the game on Sunday. I don't know. Whatever it is that he did, I sincerely hope he keeps on doing it because, my goodness, what what a turnaround. What a 180 from what we saw over the past few weeks. Yeah, no kidding. And and one thing, I'm and I'm surprised that you and I didn't notice it when we saw the uh, the, the depth charts this week, is that he actually switched sides. So something about switching sides, uh, you know, uh, maybe it was who the going who that he was going up against, but but I, I completely agree with you, dude. Uh, you know, batted the balls, uh, went for everything. I mean, I think he could have had an he was close to another interception, but I think it was just too far away from him. But the the pick six for for Ento in the second quarter, man. Uh, it was a no-brainer. You, you saw the pass come from Jake Mayer, and you knew right away it was uh, it was hanging up in the air just a touch too long. And uh, and then as you, as we just said, pick six touchdown. The funny thing is too, uh, Sean Lemon, the new new acquisition, Sean Lemon made his presence felt almost immediately because he pretty much got in in Mayer's grill and was you know trying to distract him or you know cause him to do something a little bit different and that probably helped the cause as well as far as uh, Ento's pick six because, yeah, I, as you said, the, the ball hung in the air just a little too much. But, again, credit to KB and Ento. He jumped the route. He he read it perfectly untouched. And I, I still remember you and I in the stands. I thought, we're like, <laughs> oh, crap, pick six. You know, pick. And then a touch, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you asked me, like, who it was it? KB and effing Ento. Like what? Yeah. Like we're we're in disbelief. Like holy cow, KB Ento, the boy nobody loved, is now all of a sudden scoring touchdowns. Uh, hey, I guess like you know, I guess for players, Cliff. Again, if is it as simple as just switching sides? Why not? Why not? So well, I, again, well, this, this, had, this had to be something that Noel Thorpe had seen, perhaps in practice mm-hmm. or just. Look like how when you think about how badly he got the break speed off of him versus the Argonauts. I mean, he was torched for three th- three of those touchdowns were essentially against him. And I, I have to wonder if uh, Noel Thorpe just looked at him like, you know what? Why don't we try something a little bit different with this kid? And yeah, switched him to the other side, and uh, clearly it worked. I mean, the, I mean, I I don't know what else it was other than the simple fact that uh, you know Ento probably realizes like okay this has got to stop or whatever 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 i'm doing before hasn't been working so yeah try something different and sure enough i mean 
he looked like a completely different player, like 100 percent. Yeah. And, and we, we talked about this uh, over the last couple of weeks, too, about how certain players, you know, it takes them a while to find their way. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, like this, I'm hoping this isn't just a one off when it comes to Ento. I, I hope this is the start of what it was when it say uh, Darius Pickett switched positions and started playing much better or when Wesley Sutton got his act together and became one of the premier players on this on this defense. Maybe this was the 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 turning point, if you will, for the season for KB Nento. Uh, I sincerely hope so because my goodness, like it was so exciting to see him flourish the way he did, and to his credit, was actually chosen by Pro Football Focus as one of the CFL's players of the week. Yep, yep, exactly. A defensive player of the week. I mean, it's considering what we've seen recently with the you know with the our defensive guys who are either been placed in the sixth game or whatnot. You know, it's it is good to see these guys step up. Um, and yes, you know, we had, we had, we had been tough on them, which I think everybody in local media had done in Montreal because it's, you know, unfortunately with football, it is, it's what have you done for me lately? And, you know, after the game versus Toronto, he was, you know, he was able to uh, regroup, had that bye week, as you said, and uh, he, he did something. So, um, but you know the Owls didn't come completely uns. They come away completely unscathed, but we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes because that could be could be huge implications for the upcoming game this week versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Cliff. But uh, Cody Fajardo, mediocre, mediocre numbers. Uh, you know, sixteen to twenty nine for only one hundred and fifty eight yards, uh, no interceptions, no TDs. I think one of the things that uh, that most people forget about is that you know after seeing some of the highlights of the game itself. Is that um, uh, Cody? Cody got a helmet helmet to his throwing arm, and you could. I, I think in one of the things you could say. I think they had to, uh, on the TSN thing. They had him, had him mic'd up, and you could you, you could see. It, I got. I'm wondering if there was either some bruising that caused him not being able to throw the ball a little bit more than he could, or or just the hit itself. Uh, you know, caused some issues in the second half. Obviously, being being having to sit. For thirty, was it 30, 37 minutes total? I think fifteen plus twenty-two for the uh, uh, for the delay. So maybe it seized up. Maybe it, uh, it. You know what I mean? So maybe that again, mediocre numbers. But he was helped. First half. What a great first half by William Stambeck, though, Cliff. I mean, uh, I think he had fifty-three yards in the first half alone. Uh, ripped off a couple of long runs, one for twenty-five, but he ended up, ended up the game fifteen for uh, for eighty-six, an average of five point seven. That's the William Stanbeck that we've been come to love and and come to see. It was again running with purpose again, and you love to see it. I mean, if you're you're a William Stanbeck fan, and if you're not, what the hell's wrong with you? I mean, you absolutely love to see William Stanbeck running with a purpose, and he wants again. As we said, this is his contract year. He wants to show out. He wants to prove that he is definitely one of the elite running backs in this league and wants to be paid like that as well. But you got to earn it. You got to go out. You got to ball out every single opportunity you get. And that's exactly what William Stanback's been doing the past couple of weeks is just, you know, putting his shoulder down, churning those legs. And man, he he's almost, I won't say he's AJ Olette tough to stop, but he's He's pretty much in that same category as far as you know being difficult to take down. But uh, my goodness, uh, I mean, William Stanback definitely was outstanding, and he was also nominated as Player of the Game, which I was very surprised about. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't be because 
I, I mean, I definitely would have given it to Ento 100%, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, William Stanback definitely without without question is someone that you know has a lot to prove and is doing exactly that like, like he is if there's any critics of, of his out there right now they are definitely being silenced because he is definitely coming to play each and every game and truly looking to prove that hey i i belong in the conversation as far as one of the premier running backs in this league yeah and, and looking at our wide receiver car as i said it was only 158 yards the for uh, for Cody this week, you know, KJG had uh, 71 yards. He did lead the team on five receptions. Um, Austin Mack only had three for 37. Um, uh, Stanbeck, three very nice. Ca- yeah, his catches were very nice though. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, Stan- uh, Stanbeck had 18 yards on three catches. Uh, uh, Mayal had a one catch for 11. Um, the returning Tyson Philpot only had one target. But, you know, as it was stated post-game, you know, he really had, had – he's only had one practice with Cody Fajardo because of all the time that he has been hurt, you know, through training camp and up, up till now. So uh, that that can get only better. Uh, Tyler Sneed, who's coming off, one, you know, a career game versus Toronto, only had one catch for five yards. But, you know, it, it's – we have more weapons out there now. Um, again, as I stated, that we didn't come away unscathed. I want to know your your first uh, thoughts, though, Cliff, on what I mentioned about Fajardo. Uh, do you think I'm pretty spot on? Do you, do you think that hit in the first quarter, uh, sorry, that first half made it made an issue, uh, gave him issues in the second half? There was at least a couple of throws that he made that should have been touchdown catch, catch and runs, but uh, I, I don't know if it was just a matter of the, the receiver didn't quite have the, you know, control the ball or if he just didn't have that quite that zip on it so yeah the, he, he would never admit it and even after we spoke to him uh post game like he admitted there's a lot of stuff to get cleaned up like he and uh, i don't know if he was just trying to kind of cushion the blow of it but just a simple like because i mean his hand seemed okay i mean he was able to sign autographs and shake hands and all that with with no issues but yeah maybe it was just during the game itself maybe just maybe the adrenaline had finally started kicking in but maybe it was just too late at that point i it's hard to say but i i can't help but wonder if maybe like that throwing hand of his maybe was affected just a little bit especially with like, as you said the the weather delay because you know this happened during halftime so i mean you're already in you know in, in the dressing room for halftime i think you're, you're stuck in there even longer i mean that that gives injuries like that all of a sudden you start feeling it and like oh okay things are starting to tense up things are starting to tighten just a little bit and you know what what else can you do at that point i mean it's it's tough but i mean that's again this is where you rely on your running backs you you rely on your william standbacks and your jeshwin antwees and you know you, you find ways to move the ball not necessarily on your own by running although cody did have a couple of nice scrambles to uh to help move the chains but yeah i definitely think uh it was definitely not Cody. It was definitely not Cody's best performance as a Montreal Alouette. I mean, he still got the win, uh, took care of the ball, did not get picked off. Uh, you know, I, I would say most of his throws were decent, but yeah, I, I, I can't help but wonder if the the throwing hand getting smacked kind of played a part in why the second half was, as you said, mediocre. Yeah, um, only gave up one sack, so you know, props to the O line on the, you know this week, and. Again, props to the O line for keeping Cody upright. Yeah, big time. Uh, one one big notice uh, thing that I noticed: uh, the addition now of uh, Jamar McGloster. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, taking over for Landon Rice at tackle. 
uh, did a very spectacular job as far as I'm concerned. As you said, this, this O-line only gave up one sack, and he seemed to fit, uh, McGloster seemed to fit in pretty well with the rest of the O-line. Uh, they did their job. They kept Cody upright for the most part, uh, gave him the protection, gave him the, gave him the opportunity to make make space, and also to giving William Stanback a chance to to run the way that we, we expect him to. So, yeah, big marks for the offensive line. Definitely a big improvement. Uh, this Hopefully this is... This is a trend that's going to be starting now as to trying to re- reduce the number of sacks. Keep it down to one or zero even would be nice, too. If if, if you find a way to make sure that Cody Fajardo does not get sacked, even better. But big ups to the offensive line for doing outstanding work. And now going into the defensive line, uh, they were playing with purpose as well. I, I think the addition to Sean Lemon brought everybody up. Like It really made everybody else uh, sit up and take notice. Uh, Mustafa Johnson... Absolutely outstanding. Jamal Davis had a massive sack as well mm-hmm, and looked mm-hmm. incredible doing it. Uh, I, I mean, man, I mean that—that's the thing—is like the games are games like this are won and lost in the trenches, and both the offensive line and the defensive line for the Alouettes looked outstanding. They, they really did their job. They really caused havoc where it needed to be, and just both lines played absolutely outstanding football. Yeah, that's true. Now, heading back to what we were talking about before, uh, how the Alouettes did not come away unscathed. You know, obviously, it seems like Fajardo seems to be doing okay. You know, obviously, with the first day today as we're taping, uh, the Alouettes have their first practice of the week. And with it being a short week, they're only going to get two two official days of practice over at the Annex Field, over at the Olympic Stadium. Uh, we found out, and we, we didn't really notice it. I'd have to go back and watch, but we did find out uh, two things happened to KJG. Uh, not only did he get seem to get his he got whacked on his uh, on, on on his arm by a helmet, but then something that we noticed, and I think I now know where it was, is uh, he he dislocated a finger, and it is a and then we know that once a something is dislocated, obviously you want to put it back in, into place, but it has to stay in place. So it looks like this week that we're gonna we're most likely gonna be without KJG at wide receiver. So he can mend. So it's it, it's it's tough. As I said, now we're going to be replacing uh, you know one of our top two receivers. Uh, it's going to be curious to know who's going to step up. But uh, uh, thoughts on the uh, on the injury front when it comes to the Alouettes because there was a obviously a, another big one that was announced today as as uh, somebody else it has it's not official yet, but some we also did lose somebody else big too, didn't we? Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Uh, Najee Murray, who had been playing. Very outstanding football this year as well. Uh, a, a big part of the, why this defense plays the way they do is because Najee Murray is out there. Unfortunately, uh, suffered a torn pectoral muscle and is pretty well out for the rest of the season, which is so unfortunate because he, he's a guy that I, I've been a big believer in for many years now. Uh, was really coming into form over the past couple of years. Uh, he was also hit with the injury bug a bit last year, so he didn't get a chance to do everything he wanted to do, but... I thought this year was going to be like his, like where you were really going to see him shine. And he'd been doing a lot of the little things this year. Like, like you didn't hear his name a whole lot, but I mean, as far as being a leader on the field, you saw a lot of that. You saw him taking guys like, like, you know, the guys like the KB and Entos and the Deon, uh, not Deontay Ruffin, but uh, uh, who, who am I thinking of here? There's another youngster, uh, Cordell Rogers, uh, guys like that. I've been looking up to Najee Murray and the Wesley Suttons and following their lead as to how to become professional football players in this league. 
and losing Najee Murray is beyond tough. It, uh, my my heart hurts for him. I, I sincerely hope that he comes back from this stronger than ever. I have no doubt in my mind he will, but it, it's still a tough blow for this Alouettes defense that's been playing extremely well as of late. And, you know, only thing I do is just hope that he heals up and hope that the comeback is going to be even bigger and better than ever. And once again, I, I've been saying this for the past few weeks now, and it was because KB Nento was not playing up to up to his what we felt he should be doing. But you got to pick up the phone and call Patrick Levels. You got to bring him back because I, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll say it: losing a Najee Murray is is tough. But I think if you were to bring Patrick Levels back, I think I think this offense or this defense, I should say runs like like there's been no problems i i i think he's the perfect plug and play defender that he can come in and help make, make this defense work so I, I sincerely hope danny machocha you know with, with this news it's it's tough and yes there there are some good young prospects that are, are going to get their chance to shine now as well and that's great but truthfully i i definitely think you got to pick up the phone call patrick levels bring him back here uh you can't give him his number three, unfortunately, but you know you'll, you'll you'll figure something out. You'll find a way to get him back. Find a way to get him back here, back to being the superstar we expect him to be. And you know, it, it simply has to be done. Full stop. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's uh, obviously you know if we even if they they do bring him in, we won't be able to have uh, have him play until next week's game versus Saskatchewan. Um, but you know it. The Owls are the the Owls are still making moves, and it makes me wonder with the guys that 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 they brought in, um, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit. But the you know the guys that they've brought in um, just announced today, um, I don't know. It, it makes it makes me wonder if some of these guys are going to be stopgap going forward instead of bringing in Patrick Levels because it, it makes me wonder with them being able to sign Sean Lemon though, Cliff. It makes me wonder about the cap situation that the Owls currently are at. So it's. Maybe. I don't know what Naji was making. I don't know what Naji was making, but now his 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 money's free. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's that's fair. Um, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate it had to come to that, but I mean that is something to consider. Yes, you're right. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that Sean Lemon was not cheap to bring in, but I mean the, those these are the moves you have to make, and I'm fairly confident too that you know Patrick Levels would not come cheap either. But I mean. You find a way to make it work. That's that's the way I look at it. And you're right. Maybe perhaps, a, as I said, one, one of these young players that are on the practice roster, they step up. This is their opportunity now to show what they can do. A uh, couple additions were made today as well on the transaction wire. So maybe one of those moves could be a, a helping hand as well for the Alouettes. Uh, I sincerely hope so because... Again, you cannot just replace Najee Murray so easily. Even though I basically more or less said you could with Patrick Levels, but <laughs> if you don't go the, if you don't go that route, then you're going to have to do something. You you got to have a plan B. I I have no doubt in my mind that Danny Mac has been thinking about this long and hard, and whatever move he makes, I I got I he's given me no reason to doubt as far as when it comes to personnel moves go. So. We just we all we can do at this point is just hope for the best, and we'll see what happens this Saturday against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Any last thoughts, Cliff, on uh, on the uh, Stampeder game before we move on and talk about the guys that we just that the team signed and what was happening with the practice, uh, the first day of practice, et cetera? Well, I, I got to give the St- the Stampeders a lot of credit. They they definitely played hard. Uh, 
Yeah, Reg- as we Reggie about Bagleton. Wow. Wow. So, Just wow. That that dude is ridiculous. Like he is so good. I mean, I, he, that, that one catch he made, like I, I honestly thought it was picked. Like that's like how in God's name did you catch that in traffic <laughs> like that? That was just ridiculous. I mean, but again, the, this that just goes to show just how incredible a player he is. I mean, Jake Mayer too. I mean, we talked about this with Danny Austin. Uh, like, will the real Jake Mayer please stand up? Because you saw flashes of brilliance with him, and then you saw those like head scratching throws that he made that ended up becoming picked off, and you're like. I, I can't make heads or tails of this guy. Like, is he a good quarterback or not? Like, I, I, I is he good enough? Is he just kind of there? Is he like a, a stopgap until something better comes along? I, I, I really can't say at this point. I, like, I, I can only imagine Stan Peter fans too have to be wondering, like, after years of elite quarterbacks, you've got Jake Mayer now who is not elite, not terrible. He's just mid, quite frankly. I, I, you know, like I, I, I can only wonder what, like going forward, what it's going to be like, uh, especially now that the the San Peters are now with two and five, and they've got a pretty tough schedule ahead of them. They've got some pretty, pretty tough games uh, coming up, and I, I don't know how they're going to get off the Schneid, but uh, they got to figure something out and quick. But I mean, Calgary was definitely a formidable foe. Uh, they definitely gave Montreal plenty of fits, as I said, able to keep Fajardo from scoring touchdowns and throwing for touchdowns. Uh, their defense too really stepped up and made things happen. And mark my words, folks, this Tommy Lee Lewis guy, my goodness, this guy, he, I, I guarantee by the end of the season, regardless of what happens in Calgary, I, I truly think as far as a returner goes, he's going to be in that same conversation as the Mario Alfreds and the Chandler Worthies. Like this guy is lightning fast. And I, I, I was sure during that, that last Calgary series that he was going to take, take that uh, punt and return back to the house like that's that's how good and how sneaky fast he was i mean this 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 guy's the real deal i mean regardless of what happens in calgary at least you know look tommy lee lewis that guy is definitely the real deal so i mean there's stuff to work with in calgary there's definitely stuff to build on but they've got a really really tough road ahead of them and you know like i like this this was a game that calgary had to have as well and unfortunately montreal was just just a little bit better than them on this day. So, you know, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, as far as this contest goes, uh, it, it, it was something else. I mean, we, we had a little bit of everything, Tim. We had uh, weather delays. We had Cirque du Soleil, which unfortunately got moved inside the uh, the field house next door to Percival Molson Stadium. And we ended up having to watch it on the big screen, which was good. It was okay. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, this, this was definitely... A very interesting Sunday evening for us, wouldn't you say? Oh, very, very much so. And and you know, even though there was the weather delay and it was kind of raining, uh, it was just right before we were about to about. Well, I think it, we before we had to prematurely leave. Uh, it just all of a sudden poured, and as everybody saw from our post game uh, uh, flight deck live, uh, the weather wasn't joking. Uh, that flash of lightning that we that we were able to catch on stream and stuff like that. But uh, if if you just don't know how wet Cliffy actually was. The dude was just soaked. He was soaked. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I laughed because like when I left my place, it was yeah. Because you under you out, underdressed. So. You really did underdress because you you know, you're commenting. You know, you were in shorts and shirt, and it's it actually turned out to be kind of being it needed to be a a jean day 
kind of, you know, jeans and it's just yeah. a, 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 a shirt. But yeah, you, it wouldn't have mattered for you no matter what. No, tr- truly. And you were smart. You brought an umbrella. And, you know, I... It's not like I don't have one, folks, but I just keep it in the car. I'm like, oh, I don't need this. Everything's great, you know, like as I as I left my place. But then it just turned on a dime, and yeah, we were just well, I was just completely drenched, absolutely drenched. I think some of my, my I think some of my stuff is just now finally to be completely dried out. So <laughs> thank God for incredible uh, for for uh, recycled boxes that they had at the, at the stadium, right? They make great cover, folks. Let me tell you, if you don't have, if you don't have it, use what you got. That's that's what I was, that's what I'm saying here. Yeah, uh, as we mentioned before, the you know the the Owls have brought in uh, some new players. They signed one the other day. I don't have it up in front of me. I don't know if you do, Cliff, but it, more than just the announcements today that that were done by the Owls. Uh, who did the who did the Owls announce the other day? I, I don't think I actually sent it to you, did I? Um, but just here, t- talk about uh, while I look for it. Uh, talk about the guys that the Alouettes did announce that they uh, that they picked up today. Uh, well, adding uh, adding to the practice roster are uh, Ronnie Blackman, wide receiver from West Georgia, uh, Brody Buck, a linebacker from Northwest Missouri State. No, I, I got to stop here for a second. Brody Buck, I mean, with a name like that, you're definitely a football player. Either that, or you're in like a strongman competition, or a professional wrestler, or something like that. With a name like Brody Buck, you're 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 definitely like that, that's a as far as I'm concerned, that's a football name right there. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. Curious to see that. And also too, um, former Ottawa Red Black Randall Evans, uh, defensive back from Kansas State, has been added to the roster as well. Uh, I have to believe this may have had to do with uh, the injury to Najee Murray. Uh, again, as I said, you know, perhaps this is. Danny Machocha's solution, as opposed to out going out and getting Patrick Levels, would be to bring in Randall Evans. Uh, I don't immediately recall how he was when he was with the Red Blacks, but uh, you know, this at least this is someone with CFL experience. And uh, if, uh, if if anyone's going to get the best out of someone, it's definitely going to be Noel Thorpe. So yeah, maybe know, I, maybe I no this wasn't I've, the I've, the former Red Black that we thought the Owls were going to pick up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's there's another red if you if you want to add former red blacks, we, we've mentioned his name a dozen times already. So I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, putting it out there into the universe and see what happens. But uh, yeah, so listen, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens when it comes to these names. Uh, yeah, by by again, the way, the one that the Alouettes the Alouettes did uh, they announced something on Monday. Uh, it was they they released uh, defensive lineman uh, Kyvon Bennett. Oh uh, yes. Uh, son of uh, Buffalo Bills great uh, Cornelius Bennett actually mm-hmm. and I, I was surprised because he had a half decent training camp and had been on the practice roster the entire time unfortunately just unable to crack the lineup thus far but uh, yeah I guess uh, with the addition of Sean Lemon you know certain moves have to be made not just Nick Usher but uh, I guess uh, Kyvon Bennett also too is uh, had to be showed in the door so once again, it's it's football. That's that's just the way it goes. So yeah, exactly. So we're heading into the uh, into the game this week versus the uh, Tiger Cats. Obviously, it is a short week. Two practices, as I mentioned earlier, before in the show. Um, Alouettes are favored. What? <laughs> Alouettes are favored on the road. They are two and a half point favorite currently, with an over under of forty five point five. 
Uh, you look at today's um, practice roster, uh, uh, practice slash injury list, um, not practice roster, uh, uh, practice list. What, what are we a practice day? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Siante Evans, obviously, no, we know he's not going to play. Uh, it's, you know, two weeks ago, uh, three weeks, but three weeks ago, three weeks ago, they were when it came out, the practice wasn't able to return. Uh, KJG, as we mentioned before, uh, Deontay Ruffin with a hip, he did not practice. Najee Murray, obviously, as we're, you're hearing now through the through, through the you know through the vines. Uh, obviously, we now we know why he didn't practice today. Uh, Avery Williams also did not practice today, Cliff, uh, with an elbow. Uh, the plus, I guess we could say, is Sean Jamison. He was limited today. Greg Ellingson was limited. Uh, Lawal Ugwak uh, was limited today. And same thing with Austin Mack. Uh, so it was two knees and two ankles there for those for the last four players that I announced. But um, again, as we as we found out, it's losing Najee Murray is going to hurt. Uh, probably we'll see how long we're going to be out with KJG, but it's already been announced that uh, uh, by, I think, uh, Montreal's TSN uh, reporter that we're not going to be having KJG this week versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Which is unfortunate uh, because, you know, KGG has just been playing absolutely outstanding football along with Austin Mack. Uh, the two of them are among the league leaders in receiving yards. Uh, again, you, you know exciting things are going to happen there, but... Once again, this does become the opportunity for Cody Fajardo to focus on the Tyler Sneeds and the Courtney Davises uh, of the lineup. Uh, now with uh, Tyson Philpott back in the mix as well, uh, he's definitely going to be getting some looks. Uh, so, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I mean, once again, this is where the young players, when your number gets called, you make the most of the opportunity. And guys like Sneed and Davis are going to have to basically step up for KGG and be that target for Cody Fajardo against Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's, uh, it was Kenzie Lalonde. Uh, I, I keep, you know, I keep obviously trying to, trying to remember who our new person is, you know, and yeah, she, she's so new. She's so new for us, at least. Uh, I was just trying to remember her name. I, I felt that she should get the props that she got the, uh, she got the, she was able to, uh, to break that news. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We we lost John Liu to his hometown of Winnipeg, which is unfortunate. But yes, you know, yes, Kenzie Lalone is our uh, TSN uh, Montreal correspondent now. So mm-hmm. yeah, she was the one who who broke the news essentially of uh, Naji or of uh, KJG being out for uh, the game on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Um, you've been to you you were at Hamilton a few weeks ago uh, for, for the game while I was uh, away on a cruise. Um, thoughts on being back in, in Hamilton so soon, quote unquote, so soon, um, you know, this, it's funny, two different games. This is basically two different teams that the Alouettes are going to be, you know, this will be a second team that the Alouettes are going to be meeting this time around. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, last week, Bo Levi Mitchell made his return to the lineup after being on the six game list uh, with an injury, uh, Played uh, not his best game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, still came away with a W despite all of that, but uh, managed to get himself back on the six-game list back, uh, thanks to a fractured ankle, mm-hmm. uh, which the, the play that had happened on was why in God's name he was out there for this play. I, 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 I struggle to understand the logic behind it. Uh, 
so I, I was fully expecting Bo Levi to be taking on the Alouettes this coming Saturday, but nope. Uh, no Bo Levi Mitchell, no Matthew Schiltz. It is going to be uh, Taylor Powell that will be uh, uh, taking on uh, the Alouettes. Uh, he does have a, a win this year. Uh, or no, no, he doesn't have a win. No, he didn't get the win against uh, Edmonton. That was still technically Schiltz who got the win. But he's he's stepped in relief and actually has played some pretty solid football. Uh, so I don't think Montreal is going to be taking uh, this Tiger Cats team lightly, especially when you consider that they're also in the mix as far as the Eastern Division goes. I mean, it sounds crazy to say, but all four teams are are playing pretty decent football and have been shocking a lot of people with their play as of late, including the Alouettes, of course. I mean. Uh, the fact that the East has been able to beat the West quite handily uh, this this season is nothing short of incredible. Uh, so, so I'm pretty sure the Western teams are glad that uh, these two Eastern foes are going to try to beat the crap out of each other. Uh, as, as far as this game goes, uh, I, I, it's not going to be a cakewalk by any stretch, especially now with uh, a lot of these guys uh, for the Alouettes that are out on the injury list. Uh, but truthfully, I won't say this is a must-win game either. Like, I didn't think... I thought in a way that the game against Calgary was a must win in the sense that you had to break that three game losing streak. You had to show that you were back and ready to go. And they did. I think the Alouettes managed to accomplish that. And now the, now the idea is to try and put a little bit of distance between yourself and the teams like Ottawa and Hamilton. I mean, Toronto right now is (laughs) literally running away with this division. Uh, I, I, I think the game on Saturday though is, not necessarily a must win, but I definitely, I would say, have to win. And this would be the time because we were ready for Bo Levi Mitchell to be playing. Uh, even though he looked terrible against the Red Blacks, um, you had to figure, okay, he was just, it just took him a little while that he was going to find his form again. But ends up injured again, ends up on the six game list again. So will we, will we, Alouettes fans and supporters, see Bo Levi Mitchell play the Alouettes this year? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> There's, it, it's been a crazy season, folks, especially when it comes to quarterback injuries and such. But uh, no, I, it's going to be an interesting game this Saturday, no matter who's behind center for either team. Yeah, it's true. And people didn't remember, too, the Alouettes are coming into this game, dude. I mean, yeah, sure, they're 3-3. Three and three. I, I, For me, they don't need they don't need to get complacent, just continue to play the, the football that they, the best football that they can. People need to remember, they're, go- they're going into this game. They're going into this game as the t- as as a, the team who has given up the third least amount of points in the CFL. They've only given up 129 points. So and, and credit to that has to go to the defense. I mean, this yeah. defense this year has not been perfect. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, one thing I, I couldn't help but notice against Calgary, uh, and this is one of the old tricks if you will i've i've seen in a noel thorpe defense if you throw it out to the flats you'll get a first down every time we saw a lot of that against calgary and it's almost as if jake mayer and his receivers kind of knew that and you saw a a lot of that Mm -hmm. and i can't help but wonder if hamilton's going to pick up on that as well and that's something that really needs to it's something you've become accustomed to seeing in a noel thorpe defense and you you kind of hope it changes but uh that is unfortunately something that has to be, I, I, I hope, worked on, if nothing else, because I, I mean, Taylor Powell, we don't really know a whole lot about this guy other than 
know, he, he looked solid coming in relief for Matthew Schiltz. Uh, but guy was able to, I think his first CFL pass was for a touchdown. So I mean, <laughs> guy knows how to score at least, but so, so once again, Montreal is going to have to definitely bring a lot of pressure, uh, definitely going to have to get in his kitchen and, and make him uncomfortable. Uh, Again, this is this is a, a Hamilton team that is going to be equally motivated as well. Uh, you know, they they made a trade. Uh, they, they tried to trade Jagger Davis, and he ends up getting back. To, <laughs> the trade ends up getting voided. Uh, you won't see him in the lineup necessarily, but uh, I mean, this Hamilton team has a lot to prove as well. And to me, like, I, I think that's what's going to make this game very interesting. It, I'm not predicting a blowout by either team. Uh, you know, but. Essentially, this is a game that both these teams have to want bad enough, and both teams are just going to have to do what they can, find a way to win. I don't think it's going to be another field goal fiesta like we saw this past Sunday. Points really have to be scored, and this is where I, I, I think actually having a Tyler Sneed, having a, a Courtney Davis in the lineup, and of course returning Tyson Philpott. Mm-hmm. I expect these guys to go off. Like, and if, if Cody's hand is okay and he's able to to just rip it and rip it, because that, that was the other thing, too, I, I noticed against Calgary. A, a, a lot of the dinks and dunks, a lot of the, like, it almost felt like we were watching Trevor Harris again. And again, this is not a criticism necessarily, but, like, it was just very basic, like, very simple stuff. And, yeah, you didn't make any mistakes, but once again, you're dinking and dunking your way down the field and settling for field goals. You were very fortunate that Calgary was basically doing the same thing. And I was going to say, you're, you're not going to beat Calgary with field goals. And lo and behold, you did. But I, I'd say the difference of that game was the pick six. There's no guarantee you're going to get a get pick six against Hamilton necessarily. But you, you're not going to beat Hamilton either, kicking sol- solely kicking field goals. So this offense has to get, them, get themselves figured out pretty quick. I, I, I want to say that hopefully the, the game against Calgary was just a blip on the radar as far as getting things done offensively and they'll have a proper game plan going into place against Hamilton. Uh, but truth be told, you got to put points on the board, real points on the board. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I, I, to me, this is a division game, so it, it does matter. Um, you know, cause if, if the owls do win this game, they win the season series versus versus Hamilton. So it's big. Um, so it's, to me, to me, it's a necess- it's, it's necessary that the Owls play as well. And I agree with you. They need to score touchdowns. Do, pull off what you do exactly what you did the last time you were in Hamilton. I'll take that type of game again. Why not? You know, so it's again division game. We don't know what you know they're coming. We don't know what's going to happen because obviously you got a a, a huge matchup. Uh, we get the, the Calgary's playing uh, Toronto, so we'll see what happens in that, in that matchup, it's, matchup itself. But the, the Owls can only control what they can control, and, and only they can control it. So this. This truly is battle for second place because if Hamilton wins, they would go into second place until the Ottawa Saskatchewan game. Because once again, then you'd have it, I, I have a feeling Hamilton or Ottawa, I should say, will handle Saskatchewan. I'd I'd say fairly easily. I mean, just with the way things are right now in Saskatchewan, I just don't see. I think it's going to get lo- it's going to get worse before it gets better for the for the Rough Riders, unfortunately. So right now, yeah, this this game I would say is as close to pivotal as you can find for both the Tiger Cats and for the Alouettes. So if Montreal wants to stay in second place and actually become above 500, 
they got to win. And as you said, they win this game, they win the tiebreaker, they win the season series against the Tiger Cats. And the implications of that can be huge come October, November. So, yeah, I'd say this this is a, a fairly important game as well. Yep, I agree. Um, obviously, we will be back next week to talk about the game. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we will be scheduling, because, hey, Cliff and I finally figured out how the hell to do it, but we will be scheduling uh, the next uh, Flight Deck Live, so stay tuned for that after the game after the game on Saturday. Um, uh, other than that, man, it was... Uh, as long as you have completely dried out, you didn't prune. How many? Actually, how much did you prune? Did you prune a lot? Where your where your, uh, your, yep. where your your feet had to have been soaked. Everything was soaked, Tim. I, I'm telling you, like, and just it was just peeling everything off afterwards. Uh, <laughs> like it was just like if I were to wring it out, I'm sure I would have been able to fill a glass. Like that's just how soaked oh, I was. But yeah, that's bad. That's bad. But. I mean, listen, it's been wacky weather this year. I mean, and you pointed out too, this is the third game I've been to this year where rain played a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're, you're talking about the that first game in Hamilton. Uh, yep. It, it didn't cause any delays, but it definitely rained and heavy enough. Uh, the lightning delay against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Canada Day, there was rain there, and then yes, this this past Sunday against Calgary, like so. What's with the weather? Like, that's what I want to know. And I won't necessarily blame Marshall Ferguson of TSN because it seems like every time he does the play-by-play for a game, and he had two weather delay games, if you can believe that, this past weekend. Because he did the he had the he was on the call for Ottawa and Hamilton at TV Place. They were in a weather delay. Comes to Montreal, the weather the bad weather follows this guy, man. I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's just bad luck and. He was also on the call, I think, for the uh, for the the Montreal Winnipeg game. So, I don't know. He's a great guy, but my goodness, like you gotta get this weather thing under control, my man, because this is <laughs> this is craziness. Like, like as, as I say, uh, was it once is a mistake, twice is a choice, three times is a pattern, something something along those lines. Something but, along those lines, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, just bad weather seems to follow Marsh around, and <laughs> man, it, I, I know he's not doing it on purpose. I have to believe he's not doing it on purpose. But my goodness, like, just give this guy a sunny day to you know a, a game on a sunny day to call for crying out loud. Yeah, something, it, anything. Yeah, and by the way, um, if those who, who didn't see the replay, I know you can go see it over on uh, on TSN uh, Direct or whatever it's called now, TSN Plus. Uh, props to uh, to uh, to La Police for for his first game uh, doing color commentary. Uh, did a great job. He really did, and it gave a different different view. You know how people went kind of bonkers when um, um, Romo did his first game and how he was doing his first games over on Fox for the you know NFL on Fox. A lot of people uh, were yes. were. I'm uh, uh, sorry. Yes. Uh, a lot of people were saying it wasn't Romo-like, but they were saying that uh, that Paul Lepolis gave the game a different vibe, and mm-hmm. that that that's that's the best way. To, you know, having the that the, what were they calling it the twenty-five cam uh, for a touchdown Atlantic? Uh, that different that really that different view from that twenty uh, uh, that uh, the twenty-story uh, building over in uh, in Halifax to Lepolis doing this. Hey. 
if they can continue what they're doing and and, and have the the, uh, the the viewership that they that they've had recently, by all means, continue with what you're doing. Just get the stats and now the transaction wire. Get that fixed, okay, CFL. <laughs> That, that that may be a, too big of an ask at this point because during the regular season, like game, God forbid. It almost seems like a game. Like let, let's just see how much we can piss off our our our, our loyal fans because you know you're not going to stop watching games just because you're not getting the stats. But I mean, at the same time, it definitely makes our job as uh, as broadcasters and um, you know raconteurs just that much more difficult because we'd like to be able to talk about some of the numbers that these guys are putting up mm-hmm. and you're just simply not giving it to us. And at this point, it almost feels like you're thumbing your nose at, you know, like, and, and Randy Ambrosi is still beating that drum about how, you know, it's a work in progress. It's going to be okay. You, you'll see everything's going to be fine. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, when? dude, great cup. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe if we're lucky by great cup, we'll have some half decent stats to, 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 you know, real time stats to work with. Mm. Maybe, I don't know. Hopefully. I mean, it's only what, four months away, the great cup. So no. yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. And, and it'll be like, see, we, I did it. I wasn't lying. Yeah, look, I'm I'm a genius too. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll be back next week, obviously, to talk about the the Tiger Cats Owls matchup, um, and maybe we'll have a little bit more for you. Uh, if you have any uh, comments, questions, concerns, you can uh, contact us. Uh, you can email me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can also email Cliff at uh, cliffyd.pine at alouettesflightdeck.ca. Uh, glad you're uh, glad you're all dried out there, Cliff. Um, I'm sure we'll both be enjoying the game this this weekend, obviously, and uh, we hope you, the fans, do too. And we will speak to you guys next week. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Take off! Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.